Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte, and you're with Stan, Roe, and Raph on the SGP Podcast. Woo! Are you ready? Marks and Smarks. This is the Smarky Las Filipinas podcast. You are listening to the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Smart Gilas Filipinas podcast. It's just a two-man crew for tonight. Stand and row at your service. And, well, it took us a while to get here tonight. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Pa. No, but, uh, yeah. Uh, well, to preface why why I just did a Yusuf impression. I can't believe we're just doing this, you know, just dropping those things just like that. Willy-nilly, yeah. if you will. <laughs> but... Uh, classical Brian Leo had a tendency of being late. Tendency? He was always late. Yeah, tendency, yeah. Tendency is always, or more often than not. It didn't help that he never knew where he was. <laughs> exactly. Every time I would ask him, where are you? Can you describe where you are? He would never be able to answer the question. <laughs> and it's pretty much what Ro found himself yeah, in Yeah, so, so this is like shoot part two. But uh, yeah, uh, I was supposed to meet up with Stan at his place. to We can go to his other place together. The studio apartment yeah. with one bedroom. Uh, where we usually record the show. But I got lost. Yeah. Um, I got dumped. In another part of Santa Mesa, <laughs> apparently there are two places with the same street name, and uh, I, I found myself having to be picked up yes. by him. As I know, it kind of happens a lot to Yusuf as well. It, it actually happens a lot to me in the sense that people never find out where I live, or yeah. people never find the general area in which I live, which is, I, I guess, a good thing if you love your privacy. <laughs> a bad thing if you like having people over, which is why I never grew up with you know people coming over to my house to play video games, board games, or whatever. It was always me going to other people's houses. So I guess I'll have to find out his place in another time. But yeah, uh, it took us like two hours to get here, and we're now recording at like 10 o'clock. Uh, we'll try to keep this as short as possible, because um, this not much that went on. It wasn't a big week like last week. Um, solid things happened. Uh, big things happened. Uh, nice things happened. Uh, things that we. Uh, it was a good week. It was a pretty good week of wrestling. I would say it was decent. Mm. Yeah, solid. So um, I, I guess we got to start with whatever happened on Raw, mm. and um, let, let's get the good the good stuff first. Let's get to the good stuff by talking about Samoa Joe, who came out. With his suit game on. Oh. The pocket hey, yeah. square and the tie bar and everything. <laughs> he looked great. I love it. Uh, I mean, it, it's not every day that you get to see Samoa Joe in a suit. So I appreciated that he came out looking like that, which really solidified his alliance with Triple H. But to be fair with you, that's Kevin Owens came out like that when he first allied with Triple H. Yeah, that's true. Um, I know about backstory, not. Uh. 
Kevin Owens was uh, he didn't know he was going to be Universal Champion oh. but he saw that there was an opening and that he was in the Fatal 4 way so he figured let me show up in my suit today okay let me make an no impact. but that was after though no 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 he didn't know that he was going to be Universal Champion no no champion. no but uh, this he... was before before uh, this was the time that even Jericho thought he would be Universal Champion okay no so no so no. just decides to show up in a suit because he could I noticed then I, I, I noticed that he was in it he, he ro- started really rocking the suit like the week after yeah yeah because that's when they noticed that, oh man so yeah, go wear it now oh, you're yeah, a champion yeah. so you can actually wear a suit yes yeah, so the origin was he just wanted to show up in a suit so he could show people that I'm ready I'm a corporate guy yeah yeah, yeah. but you know KO suit isn't as it's not as nice as uh, as, as Joe's oh, no, man. Like, sure. the way it looks on Samoa Joe mm. right so um, th- I guess the good thing about the Samoa Joe thing is they're actually going to go all in with the Samoa Joe Triple H relationship as opposed to Kevin Owens that for the longest time it was vague until they dropped it uh, the problem is that uh, Seth Rollins is not going to be around for at least a month and they're still going to try to push through with um, with his appearance at WrestleMania apparently it's not as bad as we all thought it was which is Kind of makes sense to me because it's been a while. It's been recent since his since the actual injury happened, and since he got back. So to me, then though, it's if you're gonna give up like a month's worth of 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 build up, I'm not sure you should push through with it. Even if, especially if uh, your end game is still Triple H versus Seth Rollins, not Seth Rollins versus Samoa Joe. Here's my question though: Where does this leave Samoa Joe, especially heading into Fastlane? Exactly, now that you know, they've I... already done Samoa Joe Roman Reigns on Raw. I still think it's it it could have it could there could be a chance of it being Roman Reigns for Samoa Joe on Raw. I I, I really even after do... the Braun Strowman interference. Yeah, it, there you go. It was to be Hindisha, no Hindisha clean on Joe's part. Yeah, but it looks like Reigns and Strowman are headed off. Still name Kalaban for Fastlane. It was already announced. Right, 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 right. Okay. So I um Sigura at this rate, Samoa Joe is also floating in the mid card with nobody. Yeah, that's so sad. Uh that needs a Finn Balor return to like now more than ever. I know he's not that ready yet and he's still training to rehab himself. But by fastlane he should be. Yeah. He's way past the okay, second so, month period. Okay. So if he shows up at Fastlane, what does Joe do until then? Right? I have no idea. No, they might as well just bring him back and have them cut promos on one another. Kind of like the initial feud in a Joe and Finn's NXT. Mm. Now, they didn't really get into it in the ring. Right. They, they weren't very physical with one another. They could just have them cut promos. Okay. Have Finn talk about the demon being brought back up again or some shit. Mm. Uh, I don't know. It, it's also pretty iffy. If if Finn doesn't happen, who else is there, right? I don't know. Because <laughs> uh, Raw's main event scene is very shallow. Uh. Like, once you get past Rollins and Reigns, well, then... That's what you get when you don't build baby faces, Eba. Um I mean, they could probably go with Sami Zayn, but what would the story be? Mm. It, uh, as, as much as it would be fan service, it would be very gratuitous. Because there's no reason. One guy isn't doing anything, the other guy isn't doing anything. Uh, unless Sami Zayn starts you know, standing up to the authority, or whoever is uh, the, authority, the real authority on Raw. But hasn't that been his trajectory? Na mm. Now he was facing off against Braun Strowman uh, in a way, paramagin defiant against Stephanie. Yeah, that was that's what he was. Uh, has, that's what he's been doing. Since uh, you might as well. Uh, you might as well be since Mick and Stephanie are, I, I guess, uh, what 
beef, cat, they're, beef they're with feuding. each other? Yeah, yeah, they are feuding. Might as well have uh, Foley pick Zayn as his champion, Sammy as his champion, and then uh, Steph run back to her husband, Triple H, and say, oh, I need help dealing with this kid. What do you got for me? Let's send some more Joe. Let's send some more Joe on it. And since he is the destroyer now, he, since he's pretty much uh, Triple H's cleaner, yeah. good and didn't. Might as well, right? Right. Uh, we'll get good matches out of it. Um, it. It could be salvaged. I think it could be salvaged. Since Sammy is the only other face, true face in on Raw. No, he is the or, only true baby face at yeah, this rate. Yeah, I guess. Fine. The and, dichotomy is really interesting. But the creator-destroyer dynamic, uh, it, it's, it's nice. There is a ring to it. Sure. I just wish that they, uh, this happened way, way before. Mm, yeah. Yeah, there's no space because eh? the 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 consequence out of all of this the Triple H delay as we all know is that Kevin Owens has been made to look like a chump yep so which what which brings us to to the Goldberg and Kevin Owens match happening at Fastlane over the Universal Championship initial reactions from the internet is uh, they're largely negative as oh, we all know yeah. right now mostly because we all know how this is going to end up Goldberg is going to squash Kevin Owens yeah he's going to be the champion Lesnar takes the championship off Goldberg. After WrestleMania. All right. Devil's Advocate, it makes sense. Uh, from a business perspective, it makes sense. It makes total sense for a guy who the casual fans will cheer for to, you know, take the championship in such dominant fashion in such a cool way. In the same way he defeated Brock Lesnar back in, you know, back in Survivor Series. But it makes sense that, okay, there is... it's true to the there is, character. There is no argue. It's very little arguing against it from a business perspective. You make the most money you can, right? Sure. But... Uh, from a long-term point of view, there is no way you should be doing this. There, there's no way this makes sense at all. Because while you are in it for the short term, for the short-term gain, by having, as, as we all know by now, by having Goldberg defeat and squash Kevin Owens, it's, you're basically sending a message to everyone saying that, first of all, uh, these, this, this new blood ain't shit. Right, right. This new blood ain't shit, and most importantly, and worst of all, uh, the new blood is never gonna sign up to the old, the old blood until they die. Yeah, until they die, I guess. And even then, <clears throat> excuse me, until even after they die, I say you never gave them the chance to beat Goldberg or Undertaker or Brock Lesnar, whoever have you, until after they die. People will always be saying that these guys were never as good as those guys. I mean, the, the guys we have now. Because that, that's how that's how the generation of Cena Austin came up at it, but they beat yeah. they beat the generation before. Them. Yeah, and 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 lot, same way, the Rock beat you know Rock beat the Rock. Yeah, that's true. Rock yeah. beat Kurt Angle. Rock beat Hogan. Rock beat Hogan. So yeah, that, that's that's how it's uh, that that's how it's supposed to go in the natural. It's so things. weird. I, I, I don't. We're not seeing it. I don't understand why all of a sudden Vince. Um, Vince refuses to have his new blood go over. And I get it. I get it then. It, you, as I said, Karina, it's pretty much from the business perspective, from the money perspective. But I don't know. It's so unlike Vince, who is a supposedly a business genius, a wrestling, wrestling genius, to not see the forest for the trees. Here's something that I've been meaning to ask, and I was actually saving this for the podcast. So we were talking about how, um, you know, nobody, nobody, at least among the fans, among the hardcore fans who watch week in and week out, despite all this shit, nobody's really in favor of Goldberg versus KO. But what if this becomes KO's Daniel Bryan moment? Think back to WrestleMania 28. And weird, because it's not even like a natural Daniel Bryan moment. It's like... 
you don't really see Kevin Owens as an underdog unless you put him in this meta narrative, say, uh, you know, involving the old generation and the new generation. It, it doesn't make sense that way. It's a kind of a bad way to put someone over because uh, you basically took what happened in real life and didn't make it hardworking enough to to translate it on on cave in kayfabe in what's happening on screen right so you're saying that that possibility can't even salvage what's about to happen it can but i just prefer it not be that way you know what i'm saying i just wish that it was more traditional it was more organic uh i wish it didn't have to hijack the actual momentum of of a guy like kevin owens and, you know, I, I just wish... Uh, it worked for Daniel Bryan because he was a face back then. No, he was a heel back then. No, no, no. He was the heel against Sheamus' baby face. No, not that. I wasn't talking about that. Oh, you weren't talking about 20, I was yeah. talking about uh, Triple H. I was uh, talking about 30. 30, okay. 30 and the year before. So I was talking about 28. Na parang, what if people just start getting behind Kevin eh. Owens out of anger, in righteous anger, uh, towards how he'd been booked and how he'd been treated? But you have to remember that after 28, he didn't really... They didn't really take that momentum and turn him face. They didn't, yeah. It, it took a while. It took no. another half year so it, until the momentum why, swelled. That's why my point of reference was 30 and 2013. Because it was immediate. It was immediate. And that's when, that's, when, that's when support really started going for him. Because he, they, they proved, WWE proved back then that they were kind of ready to take a gamble on Brian after, you know, having, having him beat Cena at SummerSlam of all things, cleanly of all things. But if you take everything, if you unpack everything from the Daniel Bryan arc, wouldn't you trace it all back to 28? Because I would actually start I could, you, you could trace it back there, but... The, and connect everything as you go along. I wouldn't say that na SummerSlam 2013 was where it began. I would still say that it all began in 2012. It began there, but the, the progression from there was stunted. Cause that's what I'm trying to say here. That's why I would rather much connect it to SummerSlam 2013. That's that's when the whole immediate arc of Brian getting to the main event started. Right, right. I guess yung anandon. Um, if if you look at it from say from 28 and even 27 when they got bumped off the card, uh. it's it's this it's this huge huge narrative. Now when you stitch it all together, it just somehow makes sense. Yeah, it's it's probably also romanticized by the fact that he retired. Yeah, and that he retired early, so it's so easy to piece this all together. But going back to Kevin Owens, I don't think it's gonna be his moment because uh, I don't know. It's not at this point in it. It's it's not like you don't expect it to happen. Uh, you know, as we said now, you know it's going to be a squash. It wasn't like WrestleMania 28 now. You were expecting something decent from Sheamus and Bryan, but then all of a sudden... You get boom, swerved. Yeah. You get 28 seconds, right? So the question now becomes, is there any way to save this? I don't know. But I will tell you something, though. Uh, I actually would like to see... Uh, the idea of Goldberg and... Brock Lesnar subsequently being universal champion isn't a bad idea in theory because it's a young championship it's a young title you want to legitimize it you want to legitimize it absolutely and that's why I'm technically okay with the idea of putting it on the old guys on paper and then having a younger guy again I assume uh, beat Brock or beat Goldberg, whatever the case may be. I think it's more likely going to be beating Brock. Yeah, 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 sure, sure. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm just saying in in general, beat either either of the old guys and get the rub from doing so. That's okay with me. Are they going to let someone beat Brock? Of course they will. They have to eventually. No, no, they didn't let that happen when Seth took the title from Brock. Yeah. They let Seth pin Roman. Yeah, but all but all the same, you kind of took it from Brock anyway. I know. I get what you're saying. I I get what you're trying to say. But all of whoever takes the championship. However, means necessary, 
there's still a rub. Because you got the championship that these guys held. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not. It might not always be the ideal situation, but it's still something. So better than nothing. But yeah, even though I love the idea of either Brock or Bill both um, legitimizing the championship, I don't want to see it come as a squash. Uh, you know, come from a squash, especially at Owens' expense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was a long ass match featuring Goldberg, but you know, that's not how that's Goldberg not happen. No. Not how Goldberg operates at all. So it's not gonna happen. I want to bring it back to Samoa Joe uh, really quickly and how um, Roman Reigns is the one who came out and confronted him on Raw. Uh. It's easy to make the association that Roman is angry at Seth's friend given that Seth got injured both in kayfabe and in real life. Sure. Um, but the way that Roman went about it still made him seem like such a bully to Samoa Joe. Yeah, uh, not his fault. You know, he's just reading lines. The, the lines have been so, so poorly written, particularly for this episode. Now, he comes out there and, and taunts him as the biggest dog in the yard, shit like that. <laughs> Which, you know, doesn't make sense because he's... So it, wasn't, it wasn't justice at all. It was just, you know, him staking his territory. Yeah. Peeing he, on his territory. Yeah, but he looks like an asshole doing that because exactly. he's the one who wears a body vest yeah. uh, to a fight. <laughs> right? So, I... Um, I don't know if if you're a child. I I don't get how you can root for that when you're a child. No 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 no. It, you you root for that as a kid because it looks cool. Simple. <sighs> you don't have to go into something that deep when you're a kid. <clears throat> Guy wears body armor. I, I made you know wrestlers in video games wearing body armor. Because it was cool. Yes. No, Why? Because it was cool. I, I, I just had them have tattoos and shit. Yeah, no. You, you had wrestlers who had tattoos. You had guys who wore armor as part of the costume. It's cool. Those things are cool. Uh, not in my book. Yeah. Hey, about that, puppy. Anyway, um, uh, Raw was actually watchable this week if you could isolate certain segments. Mm. Um, like the Samoa Joe segment. Yeah. Um the cruiserweights were actually watchable this week, and that says a lot about how their tra- uh, their trajectory is actually upward right now. Mm. That's a good thing. Two hundred five live is is a show I was ready to give up on by say episode five or episode six. Yeah. So like before uh, the first three four episodes, I would still write reviews about it. Yeah, I would still watch it on the day of or. At- at the very least the very next day by episode 5 or 6 I would save it for the weekend by episode 7 I was like you know what fuck this shit mm. and then that's when it started to pick up and oh. I was telling you this nakakatabad ng panoorin si 205 Live I'm not updated anymore I haven't missed an episode kasi, because you know I, I like it I, um, it was problematic for the first few episodes because of the reasons you mentioned but I like it um, it always because it delivers by the main event so I didn't have a problem with it it just so happened that as you said the last few weeks last three or four weeks started really getting good especially after Neville tip you know, started taking over as the king of the cruiserweights. The I forfeit match between uh, Jack Gallagher and Arya Devar is actually pretty fun as well. I love uh, how the Gallagher character has had the most organic upward swing among all the cruiserweights. Yeah, I don't always agree with it because uh, you kind of betray his actual skill by having him do all the comedy Mary Poppins shit. Yeah. But uh, if it works for you, it works for you. Yeah. Um, on its own. Like, um, I'm afraid you say it's like Santino, right? Uh, Santino Morella as a wrestler is pretty decent. But yeah. Once he started getting momentum with the comedy stick, uh, that's what that's 
all they made him do. I think that's why important din na shine na nalo nung number one contendership. Yeah, yeah that's it, true. That's true. It legitimizes his character, mm. and um, Neville already took barbs at him for making him. the United Kingdom <laughs> making England look bad. Yeah, for making British wrestlers uh, British wrestlers look bad in general. Mm. So I think that's something that can give the Jack Gallagher character a little bit more meat. Yeah. Uh, the thing about Two O Five Live, because sorry, going back to the show as a whole, real quick. Yeah. It really started getting good when they. Uh, got rid of the well they minimized Arya they minimized Gulak they minimized Alicia Fox and Alicia Fox yeah it's kind of a shame though because each of those guys except for Davari are pretty good but um, they, they probably realized that they weren't really booking anyone properly or you know or booking most of those guys uh, favorably so they started focusing on the guys who could work, like you know, Nice. Uh, it's a shame that he's injured because I'm yeah, yeah. to like Nice. Yeah, uh, Ali, guys like that. Dorado, who is getting jobbed every week, please help him. Uh, they on by shifting the focus to those guys who are higher in work rate. They are able. They were able to salvage two hundred five live and kind of make it the show as it was really meant to be, which is just you know pure wrestling, pure wrestling, pure three good matches. Yeah. Uh, and the Fatal Five Way was the most dramatic episode, uh, the most dramatic match with the most uh, dramatic stakes in the whole Cruiserweight division since the Cruiserweight Classic itself. Yeah, like if you wanted Gravitas, that oh, was it. You need to get You got it. Even with Tony Nese getting written out because of injury and mm. getting replaced by Mustafa Ali, I like that they had a qualifying match yeah. to begin with. Um, even in Raw segment. Uh, the one where see Austin Aries was interviewing people or interviewing Neville, then all the all the five guys come out. Yeah, that was actually booked well uh, for the simple reason that uh, Austin Aries played his part. Played yeah, his part pretty well. Yeah, um, I'm actually glad that they're making use of him more. Yeah, he he's a character yeah. on its own. Like he's able to put himself over without burying everyone else, uh. which is something that JBL can't do. <laughs> you know, maganda kay Austin Aries as a color commentator. He's able to have a character. You get to see him stand out from Corey yeah. Graves and Mauro Ranallo, but at the same time, he's also able to elevate the heels. Yeah, JBL does not make sense at all. He just says whatever he wants to say. And then see, Aries even makes fun of the trope Now, when the music plays, you shut up mm. by, by just keeping on keeping on talking. He's like, wait, I'm not going to shut up. Who is this guy? Uh, why is he coming out? And so it, it's very self-aware, which is something that I appreciate about uh, Austin Aries as a broadcast journalist. And I say this with air quotes. <laughs> um, but uh, let's, let's stick to 205 Live and talk about the difference between Mustafa Ali and Arya Davari. This is something you mentioned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, I only just noticed it now. Uh, I don't know if it's because we're living in Trump's America or because, uh, you know, the WWE has been run by old white guys ever since. But if you would notice, uh, Mustafa Ali, the face, the baby face, is introduced as from Chicago. Which Same started way. when they turned him face in yeah. Chicago. Yeah, but before that, uh, they would actually bill him as from Karachi, Pakistan. And there's nothing wrong with that because you can apparently you can bill a wrestler and a multi-ethnic wrestler from being two places at once as they did with Arya Davari or who, TJP no no TJP is now booked from as uh, is now billed as from Los Angeles now no more Philippines oh wait, okay. yeah it's actually I also noticed that then Pretty weird. Yeah, and, uh, he was from the Philippines to see WC. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, LA na bigla. Um, uh, as for Davari, he's billed as being from Minnesota by way of Tehran, Iran. Yes, yes, and it's super weird because 
uh, Iran is one of the countries affected by the travel ban, by Trump's travel ban. And you would think that they purposely left that billing in to, I don't know, emphasize further that Arya Davari is a heel from a Muslim country. Yeah, it, it further exoticizes him. Yeah, but right. why couldn't you do the same for for Mustafa Ali for T.J. Perkins? No, because it's a baby face. Yeah, man, so what? How come? I don't know. It's it's pretty sad. I I feel badly for Ali, who has been trying to make a lot of momentum from you know from the fact that people deride him from his name alone. Yeah, you you see that in the Mustafa Ali character. Mm. Now, there's a sense of being proactive. Uh, now I want to change what you think about me. I may look different. Ganyan, ganyan. It's not. It's not like Muhammad Hassan, kasi na, who was being preachy about it or self righteous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's weird. You say it's you can you can tell he really wants to do that, but he isn't get, isn't getting a chance to. What about Sami Zayn? Because I, I don't know if you read the Brian. Yeah, I, 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 I was reading it on the way here. Yeah, the, the Sami Zayn article on ESPN. Um, no, it wasn't by Campbell. It was from another writer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's very interesting how uh, he he also has this advocacy, yeah. which um, is even more poignant and timely right now. The biggest thing that gets in Sami's way, I think, is the fact that he doesn't look Syrian. Or he doesn't look Middle Eastern. Yeah, uh, you would you would have to be like a bit of an expert on on what Middle Eastern people look like because you think that they're all just brown, but it's not true. Um, a lot of them are white, are are Caucasian. Then yeah, but because when Sami Zayn comes out and he's built from Montreal, Quebec, Canada, uh, it's easy to uh, assume he's pasty white. Yeah, he's a redhead. He's Probably white Canadian. Yeah, uh, and the only the only indication you might have that he is actually Middle Eastern or Syrian is the Ar- Arabic text on his tights, right? Yeah. So you have these two characters, Sami Zayn and Mustafa Ali. They're both baby faces, and um, one of them he's really trying to say outright now, "I want to change the way you look at yeah. me." Whereas the other one, in Sami, it's mostly subtext. Yeah. So. How do these characters get their messages across more effectively? Well, uh, at this point, you have to go outside what's happening on t- on WWE TV. You have to make use of your media time, like Sammy does. Sammy does a lot of interviews in Arabic. He makes sure to point out that he is an Arab, Arab Canadian, and he does a good job of using that of using that outlet to spread awareness. Uh, at this point, it's all you can do when you can't have. And you can't have the support of the uh, of the machinery behind you. But when you're Sami Zayn and you have a higher profile, it, it becomes easier, right? because uh, yeah, uh, someone like him is actually being sought out for interviews. Mm. When you're someone like Mustafa Ali, who's barely in the perifer- periphery mm. of the WWE landscape, how do you achieve that impact you seek to create? You use social media, Twitter. He does that. Actually, does that. Uh, he actually, but it's more reactive because in his case, because he just gets people who you know who make fun of him for having. A name like Mustafa Ali or yeah. whatever, so that's what he does. But he probably has to be more proactive, like Sami is. So knowing that and and having these characters yeah, that that exist, does it still help to have a character like Arya Davari, who is a heel, who comes out with that magic carpet theme mm-hmm. and comes out wearing that turban and speaks in Farsi as a heel? Absolutely not. Um, no way. But uh, at this point, at least at the very least, you're not explicitly using his ethnicity to make him a heel. You know what I'm saying? Uh, nobody is using the fact that he's Persian, he's Iranian, as the as the basis for his being a villain. He's just an asshole. 
Nagkataon lang talaga yeah. na he speaks in Farsi yeah, to, assert, lang siya. Uh, to assert whatever he feels is like um, him being ascendant yeah, pretty for much. everyone. Alright. Um, yeah, so wow, we, we actually spent a good 10 minutes talking about 205 Live and you know, like the politics of these characters. <laughs> I, I, it's it's more say, than you can say for Raw. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it says a lot about 205 Live, how I'm enjoying the product even more now. I I went on a deep dive over the weekend. Para pagpatak ng Wednesday, nakahabol na ako. So I'm, I'm pretty thankful that you talked me into it. Yeah, it is true. Uh, I'm glad that they got their shit together. Yeah. Um, it, it's close to actualizing its NXT potential. Like NXT from, say, three, four years ago. It's better than NXT because all these guys, except for Davari, have experience and can actually work better than, you know, the people that they're churning out from the performance center. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you still are not on the 205 Live hype train, you might want to get on it because it, it is really fun. Yeah. Uh, don't be don't be that guy who says, oh, their cruiser rates are small. Well, fuck that. Fuck that. It, it does kind of bother me, though, that some of them, like Noam Dar. Yeah. His head looks too big for his face. Yeah, that's true. It's just so awkward watching. Uh, it's like the same Jordan problem Jordan Devlin. Devlin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, speaking of uh, the UK guys, I wish that they would just put the UK guys in 205 Live. Yeah, because a lot of them are cruiserweights yeah. anyway. Uh, there's no point in putting them in an NXT. So NXT is really full. Uh, the one hour format of NXT isn't enough for the guys in it. So might as well put them in 205 Live and the cruiserweight division on Raw. You have Tyler Bate who's a cruiserweight, right? Mm. But I don't think Trent Seven fits that. that sure, no, not uh, all of them. Sure, you mga pwede mo ilagay sa ano sa two o five sides. Lagay mo na fine. Put fucking Jordan Devlin in it. Yeah, fine, sure, Mark whatever. Mark Andrews. Uh, yeah, Andrews. Andrews needs to be in two o five live. Yeah, Tyler Bate, Mark Andrews, Jordan Devlin. Parang, Probably another one. Sino pa ba? Guys like uh, Noam Dar, uh, Jack Gallagher, Neville. These guys don't have to play with the British guys who were brought in. Yeah, I, I guess the problem lang is if you bring all the UK Championship Tournament guys into 205 Live, it becomes the British show na. Not, not really. Yun eh, no, the Gallaghers no. and the Dars and no, the not, I'm, I'm saying not, no, don't put all of them in. Those lang who fit the bill, put them in. And then contest for the UK Championship there. If you know, if it's between two cruiserweights, and then if if it's between a cruiserweight and a heavyweight, then you can do it in NXT. Oh, wait, that's fair. Um, is it this week? Bring Tyler Bate Trent Seven match. I think it's next week. It's next week. All right. Um, speaking of next week, we do have Elimination Chamber. That's coming up. Yes, yes. But before that, we got to let you know that there will be an Elimination Chamber episode of oh, yes, Blessing Gods, yes. which will be premiering on Sunday night at 7.05. Sunday night. So it'll be our first Sunday night premiere. So let's see how that one uh, that you one goes. Friday. Amazing. Not, not on a Friday. Yeah. So um, uh, I heard. I still can't watch it. I heard. There is a special guest on yes. this episode of The Wrestling God. That's right. So Sunday, 7.05 p.m., it will be an extra special episode because of our extra special guest. We got to tell them. I, think, I don't think we told them yet. No, we haven't. Uh-huh, I will tell them later. I will tell them now. All right. So we have a special guest. That's, that's all lined up. It's going to be perfect for the season. Elimination Chamber coming up. Valentine's Day also coming up. We're, we're going to talk about a lot of things, one of them including things you might want to do for your wrestling fan boyfriend slash girlfriend because of the season. All right, so go catch it, 7.05 p.m. on Fox, and it will air throughout the week, right before every WWE program, including Elimination Chamber, Monday Night Raw, SmackDown Live, and probably Bottom Line and Afterburn. Right? All right. Now, let's get to our predictions for Elimination Chamber, which takes place on Monday. Bilis. We have another pay-per-view. Yep. But I guess that's a good thing because that means that the layover between Wrestling Gods episodes isn't very long. Mm. 
So we got seven matches on the card, none for the pre-show, mind you. I don't, think I don't think they need one. Yeah, I don't think they need one. There, there, there will be a pre-show where, you know, all of them talk about the, the show. Right. Looking at the card right now, it's nice to see that almost everybody's booked except for Carmella, James Ellsworth, and Mojo Rawley. Those are the only three names not booked on the card. So let's start off with Luke Harper versus Randy Orton. I think it's pretty straightforward. Randy wins this to build him up for, for the WrestleMania match. But I, I am looking forward to seeing Luke Harper put on a good performance because it's been a while since we've seen him in singles action, hmm. especially on a big stage. And I wonder. I just wonder how uh, we're going to get to... Uh, I don't know. I don't know what Luke Harper is doing after this, but I wonder how we're gonna get to an uh, to the f- actual implosion of the family where nothing is left and Bray Wyatt's alone again. Actually, yeah, because the Luke Harper gimmick, even on his own, is still very Wyatt inclined. Mm. It, it's really hard to dissociate him with the Wyatt family. Um, even when Bray, Bray Wyatt was injured and Luke Harper was going solo, because he still had all those elements of of, of the cult following and shit. So, um, like you, I am also curious to see where this goes, but. Um, in a vacuum, seeing Luke Harper in a singles feud is oh. always something worth looking forward to. Just because I'm a huge, mm. I am a huge fan of Luke Harper. Next, you've got a two-on-one handicap match. It's Lucha Nation versus Dolph Ziggler. Handicap? It's weird. It's fucking weird. Because a baby face. Yeah. Is. What the hell? I guess it's uh, no. I, I, I guess it's kind of like warranted because you know Ziggler has been a dick who has been messing with both of them. Yeah. But uh, on uh, at face value, it still doesn't make sense to me. Because it's invert because of the inverted alignment. Yeah, I hope Dolph gets a chair in somehow, mm. and I hope he wins with the chairs. <laughs> yeah. I'm, so I'm, then, uh, if that happens, though, then Lucha Nation looks looks like a bunch of chumps. Because even Dalawanahayo, you still can't stop a guy, one guy with a chair. You telling me that two guys can't stop one guy with a chair? But how do you put Dolph over as the heel? Because this is his story. That's true. I don't know. It, it, this is very problematic. Yeah, it's really problematic. Why is just? Does he sound like gaunted? Or why did he just find a partner? Yeah, any partner, and then he realizes that there's no one there. Then James Ellsworth comes out. Fucking James Ellsworth. <laughs> <laughs> just to fuck with Ziggler, but he still finds a way to win, and then he beats up Ellsworth afterward. Yeah, but they actually. Now that I think about it, <laughs> yeah, because Ellsworth is technically a heel net in at this point. I kind of want okay, I, I want Lucha Nation to win and then you know like when they've been doing for the past couple of weeks they win and then you know Dolph just goes crazy again just to solidify them as a team moving forward I need Ziggler to win here though I, I, I wish Lucha Nation was just in the tag team turmoil yeah right? it's but okay uh, alright so you're going for Lucha Nation I'm going for Ziggler then. yeah but you know it's just a nominal win and then Dolph gets his heat back by yeah. beating them up he has to he has to Okay, uh, Becky Lynch versus Mickey James. Hmm. Uh, Mickey James has to win this one. Talaga? Yeah, just to start off the feud. So this is a feud that takes him to WrestleMania. Sure, why not? Multi uh, multi woman match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Yeah, fatal four way. No, yeah, yeah, I, I can get behind that. All right, uh, Women's Championship. Alexa Bliss versus Naomi. Bliss still retains. Yeah, absolutely. Even though Naomi deserves it, Bliss retains. Like she's really at the top of her game. Yeah, uh, that's really she stepped up a lot. That dual contract signing earlier was actually pretty good. <laughs> that was a very very good segment. Um, from from Renee being kicked out of the ring oh. to how it all just went down, them throwing down and shit. That was mm. actually a well produced segment. Mm. Um, it's next, weird that Mickey created the Becky Lynch archetype. <laughs> did she? That's what she said. I created you. 
Hindi, I think she meant it as yeah. parang I, I created, she created the, the revolution. Movement. Yeah, yeah, the movement, not necessarily the Lynch architect. Yeah. Um, tag team turmoil for the tag team championship: American Alpha, Slino, Rizango, the Usos, the Ascension, the Vod Villains. What are the odds <laughs> that the revival comes out? No, it's too weird. Um, there's no sense. I think. Why not? Well, like, it's it's not set up like that. Okay, so I know I know me mystery spot. But hasn't tag team turmoil always had that element that the last team will be a mystery entrant? Like remember Cody Rhodes and Drew McIntyre when sure. they teamed up? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't uh, know. I, I don't think it's this. I don't, I don't think the revival is coming in this one. Not yet. Man, it would be nice though. But uh, with, with, um, in this lineup, it makes more sense for them to show up after. You know, the Sma- no, no, no. The SmackDown after Elimination Chamber. It after. makes more sense to me that they showed up there. Basically, after American Alpha retapes. Because uh, there's no way they're dropping the titles to any of these uh, 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 Except for the Usos, but eh. Indeed, I mean, the Usos don't have heat right now. Yeah. Like, they're just there. Um, so, I mean, turn it Like, oh, I momentum, and they stopped getting used. Yeah, actually, they went all in on the heel turn. Yeah, they did, and it was the great. Rose and the costume change, the music, the wrestling change. style. Yeah, yeah, the wrestling style. Mm. It's basically like Neville. Mm. The man Neville also went all in on it. Right, so. Neville didn't. Uh, Neville got thrown a bone. The Usos got like a few bones and then gone. Yeah. Uh, so American Alpha retains this. Mm-hmm. Huh? Uh, right, Nikki Bella versus Natalia. Can, can this just end? Yeah. Can this just merge? I think it's going to end. I think it's going to end. As, yeah, Nikki getting the win. You face to face, Kanina, napaka awkward for me. I, I know you liked it. I didn't like it. I thought it was very I awkward. I liked it because it was a different format for me for a confrontation. So, parang hindi siya pilit na, oh, I say something, you say something back in the ring. You know, we just trade shit in the ring. It felt more natural to me because it felt like they were just, you know, cutting promos on each other at on an episode of Talking Smack. When, here's the problem with that Nikki and Natty didn't say anything new yeah it, it didn't they didn't say anything new but at least it was said in a format na, in a way na easily digestible I guess my problem is yung content pa rin eh. like I don't care how you present it to me if the content is regurgitated then it's still the same shit I heard three four weeks ago that's true I mean I can't argue against that but at least to me they found a way to make it seem different even if it really isn't different, they could now use this for other, other feuds, other people. I wish they did just that, na lang, na, you know, it it uh, went to some other feud that needed it. Because I I don't need to see another Nikki Bella and Natalia standoff where they you know trade low blows mm. at, at one another. I just I just don't need it. I'm over it. So mm-hmm. I'm done. Um, your main event elimination chamber match for the WWE title: John Cena versus AJ Styles versus Dean Ambrose versus The Miz versus Baron Corbin versus Bray Wyatt. First off, mm. Cena goes off on talking smack and oh. verbally buries everyone but AJ. That's true. That I don't know. Okay, apparently, you know, I can I can kind of kind of understand it and give it, let it slide if he said it as you know the guy the antihero who. You know, sticks to hustle or to respect, but is the asshole veteran who doesn't really like anyone young. That's fine. Kung yun, kung that's the scene who said those things, fine. But if not, that's where we have a problem. The thing about uh, what Cena said is it recognizes that he recognizes AJ yeah. after the Royal Rumble, but after everything he'd said, that he shows respect. So in kayfabe, that kind of 
remains consistent with yeah. what's happened. The problem is you, he's still a dick. Yeah, because he didn't legitimize the other four competitors yeah. in a match where all of a sudden they just got named as number one contenders. Maybe that's his problem too. You know, behind the problem with the other guys, that's why he buried them verbally by because he I know he believes that none of you really deserve to get on this match. It just so happens that you need to fill six pods or four pods. And you guys were like the only other people in the pecking order. If Orton were in this match, I would have said no. I'm not afraid of anyone except for AJ and Randy Orton. But all that said, the winner is from that field that Cena buried. Yeah. I, I, I do believe that Bray Wyatt is winning this. Sure. Uh, the rumors are lining up, so I guess Bray Wyatt is winning this. Yeah. Um, I, I don't mind. I don't mind seeing Bray Wyatt win. I mean... Uh, it, it took him a really long time to actually hold the championship. Mm. And I think this is as legit as Bray Wyatt can yeah. get. But then, um, thanks to SmackDown and how it's laid out. So I think it's going to be that. Well, I guess if Bray Wyatt wins the championship, Cena's going to look so stupid. And uh, not only that, Cena comes in 16th championship in John Cena, makes it the transitional ring. Sure. But, you know, when you count, it doesn't really matter. I guess, yeah. But, but that transitional champion argument has always been one of the footnotes in determining, like, uh, the strength or the legitimacy yeah. of a title reign. Well, you know, um, some of Ric Flair's title reigns, you know, especially in the last ones, weren't really dominant. But, uh, you know, when you really, when you're, when you're spouting out the stat now, oh, 16 time world champion, it doesn't really matter how long some of those reigns were. Um, between February's Elimination Chamber and WrestleMania in, in April, oh. that, that's a long time, though, for, for John Cena to get his rematch clause, get him out of the way, yeah. uh, to head to... Knowing him... That I Cena, mean, Nikki, Ms. Marie's feud that's yeah, been rumored to happen. Yeah. It's kind of weird if that's Nikki's last match. Why? I don't know. Um, I, I just think she deserves better. I just think she deserves the type of send-off that Trish or Lita got. Eh, well, I, it, you know, Lita didn't get a huge send-off, though. She got the Trish match at Unforgiven. Yeah, but that was like super... I uh, know, that was super unceremonious. It was a championship match. It was a championship match, but, you know, it was like, you know, just like that, mm, retired. It wasn't like... There wasn't a big deal heading into that match. No, it was a big deal because it, it was both of them... Uh, it was both of their last matches. Sabai? Yeah. Sabay sila, last match nila yun. I thought Trish retired first. No, no, no. Sabay sila. That's weird. They both had their last match at... And they uh, vacated the championship? Yes, they did. I I really remember Lita retiring unceremoniously. No, yun yun. That, that was the match. I guess I guess that's part of the reason why they overshadowed siya ni Trish. Uh, but I would say that they retired together. Mm. So, you know, at least they had that. Nikki won't get that. Well, that's just how the you know chips fall sometimes. It's in a way, it's kind of like how Brie got her retirement match last WrestleMania. Brie wasn't an A. Brie wasn't injured. She just chose to stop. Yeah, but really, the very un- uh, no, it wasn't. Un- okay, no, I, you know, you know what? She actually got to win via the yes. No, no, no. Uh, okay, we're getting the sneaky thing wrong. It's it's not her having her last last match ever. It's her more transitioning into an Undertaker role to take to kind of like. You know, her being the undertaker of the, of the women's division, the SmackDown. In the point, they just trot her out for like special yeah, that's, 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 what, that's apparently what she wants to do. That's weird. That's weird, really weird. Yeah. I'm saying, if you're going to retire because of your neck issues, and you know, the neck is a really critical part of your body, you might as well just retire full stop. Yeah. Just stop it altogether. Mm. 
Right. Um, I, I guess that brings us to the end of uh, this week's podcast. Um, anything else probably that happened like outside the ring aside from Rock and Roll Express uh, nah. getting into the hall? Nah, not, not today. Not this week. What about no? What about rumors on the other names? Oh, uh, for for the hall. Oh no, no, no! It's really in a whatever rumors there were. You know, heading into this season, they are getting thrown out the window. Nobody expected Angle. Nobody expected the Rock and Roll Express. See any more names that to bring up though? Like before uh, the Angle, Vader, DDP, Beth Phoenix. Okay, uh, those are the biggest three I can remember right now. Right. So yeah, Christian wasn't in that list, was he? Uh, Christian was getting thrown around in that list. That's why there were rumors. Right. But none of them were confirmed. All right. But if you have Angle, you're not going to get Christian yet. Do you think Christian headlines his own Hall of Fame no. class? He did. No. So why not have Angle and Christian in the same class? I guess you have two guys from the same era. I don't know. No, I think the Godfather was with someone from his era. I don't know. I don't know. To me, it would feel weird if Angle and Christian got inducted together. Why? I don't know. It just does. I, I wouldn't mind. Like, have Edge induct them both. It's just weird to me. Right. Um, let's close things out with pick of the week. Uh, I called dibs on the Fatal Five Way Elimination match, we, which we talked about. Right, right, right. You still haven't seen that? Do yourself a favor and watch it. Uh, I dare say it's the best match from WWE you'll see all week. I want to pick uh, since you picked that. I'm, I want to pick Cena Orton from this week's SmackDown. Uh, if only because people who are afraid of Cena versus Orton number whatever. Uh, happening at WrestleMania, which we now know isn't going to happen at WrestleMania because they did this now. Yeah. Uh, if you ever had any fears that they would go back to this, this match shows that uh, when you put them in a situation that they don't have extended pay per view minutes to fill, and, uh, they have to do that by being slow. They can actually put together a really solid match, uh, a really solid fast paced match, and. What I'm really trying to say is, may asim patong dalawa yung matchup nyan. And for some reason, uh, this TV match was a lot better than any of their pay per view matches. It was actually pretty enjoyable. Like, yeah, I enjoyed but, the comebacks. I enjoyed the near falls. Because everyone was trying to work toward you know the, a time limit. Yeah, an and unwritten time limit. I think towards the end, I, I found myself going, "Oh, puta, di pa, di pa. Yeah, yeah, and uh, no, and the the Wyatt family interference was was, was booked well. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it, I it made sense for Cena to lose, ah, for, for Cena to win against Orton via AA. Yeah, especially so after. Happen. Yeah, especially after Harper and Bray both got involved. Right, so there you have it. Uh, that brings us to the end of this episode of the podcast. Again, just another not-so-gentle reminder. Sunday, 7.05 p.m., new episode of The Wrestling Gods. I think this is the first time we'll be airing in February, so that's yes. a good thing. Do catch that. We've got a very special guest, and it's going to be extra extra tight in this in, uh, on set. It's a huge guest. Yes, it's a really huge guest. So don't miss that one. <laughs> and Elimination Chamber, of course, happening on Monday. Don't forget as well, PWR Path of Gold taking place February 26th at the Bayanihan Center along Pioneer. Uh, we just made the announcement. I think uh, the match card will start filling itself out as the weeks progress. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, like one or two more matches, I guess. Of course I would know that. <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah. So Fanny I mean, uh do lock it down. Right? Um anything else on your end? Uh no. 
All right. Really. Uh, we'll we'll send our regards to Camus because he's oh hey, uh, boot camp this weekend. Right there. Yes, you go. finally. Yes. Um, so boot camp is happening on February 12th. But before that, we do have the Smart Henry PWR boot camp scholarship. Oh, scholarship. Yeah. So. Uh, um. I, I guess in a nutshell, we want you to prove to us why you deserve to get be the next star. Yeah. Be the next local star. And, you know, if you were looking for a way to jumpstart your dreams, this is it. Yep. Um, just make sure you're actually deserving of it, I guess. Here's what we're covering. We're covering 5,000 pesos worth of expenses. So that's the 2,000 pesos enrollment fee mm. and then 200 pesos worth of ring fee and trainer's fees for 15 weeks. 15 weeks. So that's a good uh, almost four months. Yeah, by then, uh, after that, you should be up on your feet already, right? Yeah, you should be. Um, you should know the basics. You I got the new ready. fifteen weeks, huh? Yeah, uh, it's like uh, almost it'll be June, months, June yeah. or July yeah, by yeah. then. That's about. a lot. You can uh, learn a lot from then. We'll also be having a screening process, so it's gonna be um, it's gonna be really fun. It's a collaboration between PWR and Smart Henry. So big ups to PWR for being game to, uh, yeah. to do this with us. So they, uh, you know, as much as we do, they also want to find the next big star. It's right. in their best interest as well. If you remember how Edge got into wrestling when he wrote an essay and he won a scholarship, this is pretty much the spirit of what yes. we're doing. So um, try to just pour out your passion into whatever you're gonna be doing, whether it's a video, uh, a photo an essay whatever make sure that we feel the passion <laughs> and that we that we feel see what passion. you're all about and that you really really want this yeah. we don't want shit like people cosplaying and saying that they yeah. won this many championships nope. and they did this many moves and, <laughs> and shit. they have this many finishers and you know face this many guys it's just how is that even possible yeah we don't want that we just want someone who really really loves wrestling and wants to be part of the Filipino wrestling scene oh as a wrestler <laughs> yeah so for more details just like our Facebook page yeah. just, could it be you yeah facebook.com slash phwrestlingrevo for PWR and for Smart Henry it's facebook.com slash smart henry yep so uh, there everything is everything has been laid out so um, that officially ends this week's episode on behalf of Romaran my name is Stan C and we are out of here peace glorious no I won't give in Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.